Hello, Rampbox TV watchers. It is again Friday. I am John Clay. We are once again gathered to talk about, in a nuanced way, various topics, normally regarding gender and race in the community of the UK and abroad. Today we're joined with Reshma, and we are going to talk about Muse, the function of the Muse in the current time. Um, yeah, um, Reshma, what are your thoughts regarding today's subject? Greetings, John. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, <laughs> I, I think it's a fantastic subject to speak of in this time for several reasons. Um, from my perspective as an artist and also as an art therapist and tutor, currently a lot of people are coming into the arts that haven't previously perhaps practiced as an artist. And so I notice sort of in real life, in class and also online, people are sort of constantly looking for inspiration. So this is a, an amazing topic to be discussing right now. It's, it's sort of, uh, it's old and new, and I think it's also the future. We need to bring users back. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I wanna deep dive into this because I have concerns that are inherent to the question that I want to um, highlight for this order to dispel some of the negatives and highlight some positives that maybe I can't even see. Um, and that is really about how the classic idea of the muse is normally the female inspiring the male inventor to go and create something, whether it be a painting, music, what have you. So maybe it might be prevalent for us to define the idea of a muse and maybe position the idea that it doesn't necessarily have to be that classic idea. Go. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, I don't feel qualified to speak on gender itself or gender fluidity or what gender means in 2021. However, the classic idea of the female inspiring the male artist, I think is something that um, would be problematic to discuss now. So that's, that's why I'm very excited to do it. And, um, Okay, say something else and then let me, <laughs> let me bounce off that. I'm treading okay. so carefully, well, sorry. That's okay. Um, can I just ask for, um, it won't be difficult, but just a bit of clarity. Do you find the idea that it's problematic, something that's worthy to walk towards and hopefully pick apart? Or do you think that it's problematic and so for us and for everyone else that maybe staying away from it would be beneficial? Because then maybe people could tackle that subject with their own research. I don't know, I'm open to both. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't find it problematic because I'm quite traditional in what roles are. So I feel like no matter how much we change as people and how language might evolve, um, I quite like the idea of sort of, sort of being quite uh, puritanical to definitions you know in regards to the original meaning of language so when it evolves um i quite like the idea of knowing how it evolved understanding its evolution but still trying to maintain something of its origin so even as a woman i'm happy with the idea that a muse is a female traditionally that inspires a male artist even though i'm a female artist <laughs> so what do you think is that is that problematic in itself um, maybe let's dump the word problematic. Let's just get rid of it for now. Um, <laughs> okay, because what it is, 
it's opinionated within a time when maybe what you're saying isn't necessarily in vogue, but that's part of the reasoning of this channel in that before in social media circles, as in Facebook most primarily, having conversations like this would lead to um, a lot of bad faith arguments and conversations that weren't necessarily rooted in learning. It was rooted in burning the other person up. <laughs> so I'm quite happy to hear what you have to say, um, though my sensibilities, as you've already spoken about in a, a record, uh, off-recorded conversation, they're, they're quite um, dissimilar to yours in that respect, but there's probably some truth to it. For example, the idea of wanting to be a traditionalist because of language, if we see the privilege of those who actually had the power to create that language, isn't there something inherent in that language which will posit a certain idea of yourself when you're trying to adhere to it? Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to disavow it, but I want to understand how those, um, uh, that history can affect uh, one's ideology. Um, yes. Okay. <clears throat> A lot in that. Yes. <laughs> so I know that language can, can also be used as a weapon because if, if you, if you don't know how to express yourself and you don't understand what's actually happening around you and what people are saying to you at all levels, especially as you sort of the lower down you are in let's say hierarchical structure. Um, and you know that language more or less was um, let's say created by people slightly higher up. I think that um, the closer you can get to understanding the formation of the language, the better it is for you, especially as an artist, but also as a functioning citizen. But then, you know, as, as we know, a lot of the time with, um, with black folk, <laughs> we black folk, <laughs> we create our own language so that other people can't understand what we're saying to each other. And I think that's also important, which is why a lot of the creative um, musings that have come out of the, the the black communities worldwide have been the most creative, has have been the most inspired, and of course then end up inspiring everybody else in a sense. I'm probably biased, but that's what I think, and I think that's all down to to language and 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 codes and stuff. What do you think? I think that there's so much in both of our like. Um... <laughs> <laughs> our, our explorations and that they could actually be videos within themselves. Um, but I think we've actually outlined quite a few different ideas so that when we do start talking about um, the muse and its function, which I'm hoping that we're going to do now, that there's enough <laughs> that's <laughs> <to contain Okay. laughs> our ideas. And this is no um, uh, uh, negative towards um, you, it's, it's really me. And that's fine, I'll own that, because I'm the moderator here. It's my own fucking fault. Talk about language, <laughs> it begins. So um, let's talk about the muse um, in relation to first defining it. You've got a different kind of, um, you had like a, a phone in front of you and you had a definition there. Maybe you'd want to, to read that again. And so that way, it, it, you know, it keeps us grounded, so to speak. Sure, okay. So as a verb, as we know, to muse is to consider something thoughtfully. 
And I think that's quite important before moving into the noun, which is a person, especially a woman, who is a source of artistic inspiration, which I think we kind of knew. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm just being yeah. a bit um, stick in the mud. It's like, right, we know what we're talking about. So um, would you like to maybe explore an example of a positive muse artist relationship? And we can take it from there. Yes. Um, so I was hoping we'd go into featured artists as we progress in the series, because um, I haven't done any research yet. <laughs> and I'll just be choosing the ones that I like. I'm sorry, I just I want to be honest, because there are a couple that I want to feature. Um, um, I'm toying with which ones I want to use. And um, I feel like right now, I didn't know until we had a discussion earlier, that a particular person who I was going to choose is um, very unpopular right now. And so oh. <laughs> I don't think I want to. I, don't I want think that. I know who you're going to choose. And it's <laughs> so, a very, very intense and hopefully worthy conversation. Um, okay. Yeah. Does, does their first initial begin with M? Possibly. Okay. Possibly. Does their second initial begin with J? Let's not do this game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So let's have let me have some time before yeah. you. and um, and also I, I think I also wanted to stay away from specifics because I like the idea of discussing the the relationship and if it's okay perhaps the characteristic of a modern muse um, and um, and then maybe okay yes. Um, I would like to suggest that, and full disclosure for the audience, um, we are intending to do more than one part on this particular subject, and so therefore us going in kind of gung-ho isn't necessarily a bad thing, because I like it as a small kind of introduction. Um, second thing, if possible, yes, we can talk about it in terms of not necessarily vagarity, but like taking the muse as an idea and talking about it in a vacuum to an extent, but I would very much like our next episode of this particular topic to be um, quite nuanced. Um, not that there won't be some of that within talking about the ideologue to begin with. Does that sound okay? It does. Excellent. <laughs> okay. So, so for um, now then. Yeah. So if I could, um, if I could talk about the character, right? So um, I think this this idea of of first of all that the the artist and muse might be romantically involved is is one thing I'd like to tackle I think um I don't think it's necessary personally and I think um especially from the idea of um sometimes the unrequited love or the the anguish and um possibly even the the obsession that maybe you wouldn't have if you were actually having a relationship is sometimes more intense and more likely to create the the kind of the kind of art that I would personally probably enjoy more. Um, so that's my take on that, the relationship, the characteristic of the relationship. And then the character of the, the actual woman, um, sometimes it's like, I almost feel like she's supposed to be a, a femme fatale. And um, I don't know if that's, if that's true historically or if anyone else agrees with me, but that's the idea I got. And so almost that, um, sort of unobtainable person fits in with that also the, the person that inspires with all her energy but you can't quite 
grasp who she is, let alone own her. So what, what do you think? I think a lot. Um, essentially, and it's definitely down to male privilege that a lot of the time, I wouldn't say it's femme fatale, but we're talking like, say, a post apple eating Eve is normally like the archetype for that muse. Um, and that has so many different issues that, yeah, it, it may lend itself, for example, um, some very prolific, say, rock and roll standards. But I don't really think it says anything to me now um, in terms of progressing ideas and, and inspiring others. So, um, yeah, maybe I come to this with my own um, baggage, maybe, definitely, uh, because I've been in a, a dynamic like that before. I suggest um, that if we do talk about this, even if we're not using specific examples, um, is there a way of actually talking about the ideologue of the muse um, as it was and then compare it to how it might work today? I mean, is there Ooh. any way of discussing that? I like that, I like that. Okay. Yes. Is there any way? Uh, definitely, I'm up for it and I'm sure there are many ways. Um, and I could um, definitely choose an artist from, from a time when I think there was a more traditional role, um, although still it was, she, I believe she was a femme fatale, his inspiration. And then um, there are several ideas from present day that I think we could pick from, even though we initially thought at the beginning or perhaps maybe didn't think, but we, I think you suggested that it, it's not something that happens so much nowadays. Did you say that? Um, I'd say it's something that isn't necessarily um, something that's easy to work, especially since, and let's face it, since um, we're talking in my mind, mostly about music at this point, um, just because of uh, my knowledge of uh, you regarding what this subject means to you and conversations we've had about it and what it means to me being in um, a dynamic where I was basically um, being inspired by someone else. What needs to happen now is us talking specifically about periods of time when the archetypal muse um, really made an impact in pop culture. And I'm thinking, um, say, mid to late 60s um, American rock and roll, yeah? Um, if we're looking at, say, Jim Morrison's uh, muse, uh, Pamela Corson, um, if we're looking at um, going further on, like, well, maybe a lot further on, just for the benefit of bringing us up to the current day quicker, if you look at, say, I don't know, Courtney Love has a certain muse that Kurt would rely upon, and he did that for Tracy Miranda, his other um, girlfriend before him, but Courtney's different in that she is not necessarily a muse unto itself. She's her own artist, um, which is probably why uh, that word, that P word again comes up is problematic. Um, simply because even though you suggest that it's positive um, for a muse to exist, why would they want to be a muse where they could be their own um, uh, artist? Maybe that's, something that you could add to this discussion? Yes. Um, okay, so definitely with, I don't know, let's say uh, Yoko and Courtney, um, I would never refer to them as muses. Um, so that answered the question. They, they were absolutely artists in their own right. And 
beautiful, great artists. So if um, if they inspired the men that love them, I don't think that's a muse artist relationship. I think that's an artist artist relationship. <laughs> so, and there's lots of those around. And it could be even that your muse perhaps was not a muse. She was an artist and you collaborated beautifully together and you'd have to ask her, I don't know. But I just think that, like you say, the male privilege, because the privileged male perspective could project <laughs> the, the proclamation of this is my muse onto her, but I don't know. Is she, is she a muse, you know? Well, if they, and it's good that you clarify the whole Courtney thing and Yoko, so good stuff. Um, I'd say um, if that person who I am obviously referring to has told me that they were a muse, then therefore I kind of have to accept that that is what they were. <laughs> you told you? Okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, okay. So um, maybe even if you feel you haven't necessarily done research, maybe talking about um, one that is close to your heart would be a nice way of bookending the end of this introduction of this topic, which as we've discovered has many different tentacles to it. Um, yes. Please don't force me to do that. It's not forcing you, it is a suggestion. If you don't want to do it, you can say, John, shut the fuck up and turn the camera on <laughs> yourself again. But well, I've already done that significantly throughout this entire <laughs> video. So I'm trying to keep it in tandem. Unless you have a burning question that you think could be used as a way of bookending this introduction to the muse and its function in contemporary society. <laughs> yes, amazing. Yes, I, I have so many. Let me pick one. Bookend. Oh gosh, I like that. Um, Okay, I'm going to come back to your muse again. Oh, really? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is fascinating. <laughs> so, um, okay, so if she told you she's your muse and she um, sort of, um, let's say, embraced the idea of being your muse, is it possible that she's, did she still continue to inspire you even though she was almost, um, what do you call it, when you when you take on that role, I don't know. To me, I almost feel like a muse shouldn't know she's a muse. Maybe, is, is that wrong or misunderstanding? I mean, you know me, it's a case by case basis. I don't think that generalisms always help. In fact, they can be the enemy because then you're trying to fit yourself into a popular narrative. Hence my issue um, with being somebody's muse. Who knows what? ideas that person may have outside of being that which are contained by what normally the male would suggest that she operates within um it's a cage um and you've touched upon it maybe subconsciously like things that i'm sure when you watch this back if that person isn't um aware of um uh how do i say this this is really tough okay let me start again. Essentially, if you've got this idea of a muse and that's reflected back to you by the artist, at what point is the artist stopping that muse from truly growing and going beyond being a function for that artist? I'm saying it from maybe 
the traditionalist uh, Western perspective in that art is supposed to continually ascend and transform and hopefully, um, uh, what's the word, when you're making something stronger? We'll just settle for that for now. Yeah, so essentially, if that's where I'm coming from. Um, Solidifying. Okay, we can go with that. Um, do you feel that, um, that being amused isn't in any way reductive? Because I can't get beyond that idea. And then maybe that is the true friction here that could be worth exploring in part two. <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you want me to say anything else or will we round it up there? I think you should say something else to end this part one. Okay. All right. I've suddenly decided that I agree with you about that. Uh, it is reductive because I suddenly remembered um, Lolita and I remember thinking, gosh, if she didn't have those standards to live up to, which she knew because he just made it so obvious. I can't remember the protagonist's name now, sorry. But- um, Humbert Humbert. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well done. She wouldn't have ended up such, such a failure in her own eyes, I think. That's how I feel. Um, had she not been on a pedestal, I think she had the opportunity to do, to do so much more. Um, and I think he caged her and kind of set her future sort of spiraling that way. So, so I like what you've said. So I'm, I'm probably going to look at things a little bit differently in part two. So that's interesting. Thank you. Okay. Um, three things. One, um, some of my favorite videos are when someone who's come into it has an idea and it transforms into something else. Um, and they're humble enough to, to give that some actualization. Um, I've been in that position myself. So thank you for being cool. Great. Two, um, <laughs> two I think that the, um, the subject of Lolita, obviously it can work for either the book or the various films, but were you thinking of a particular version of that story? I just, this is a question. Um, just the book, sorry. And, okay. and, and I also don't remember it very well. I read it a long time ago, but it just popped in my head as you were speaking of reduction. Okay, cool. Um, and three, um, this is it. This is the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I really, really enjoy talking to you and we're going to do another one soon and hopefully people will watch it and they will gain from it and it will be a sunny moment. Just as the light is hitting your face now, that will be reflected <laughs> in their hearts. I had to go there. So, over for today. That was Reshma, I was John Clay. If you want more information on anything that we've said, there should be some stuff in the description box. Oh, and do make sure to hit like and subscribe. I was supposed to say that at the beginning of the video, but full disclosure, it's locked down. And before this video was even recorded, I was actually gonna go back to bed. So just feel lucky. All right, brilliant. Have a good day. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>